The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app, and BloombergRadio.com. We're now joined by the economist Paul Mortimer Lee, who's a research fellow at the National Institute of Economic and Social Research. He has also been global head of market economics at BNP Paribas, spent more than 15 years at the Bank of England, as well as working at the IMF. Paul, welcome. Thank you so much for your time and for being with us. Uh, I'm so interested to get your view on uh, the week that has been. We are seeing some recovery in sterling. Gilt yields uh, have come down a bit, although they are still considerably higher. Are we actually over the worst of it? We're over the worst of it in the the acute sense. Yes, that's certainly true. But the worries about the Chancellor's uh, financial strategy are still there lurking under the surface. Uh, We have, you know, we're looking forward to him laying out his plans on the 23rd of November about how he's going to make the budget add up. What's he going to do about spending? Inflation's much higher than it was when the spending limits were set previously. Is he going to increase spending and further add to the budget deficit? Or is he going to allow a savage real cut in spending by keeping the cash outlays constant? Those questions are yet to be answered. The Guardian's reporting that Liz Truss is is meeting with the OBR and Kwasi Kwarteng later today with moves towards a draft forecast being published. Will that help, do you think, to calm the fears over the fiscal trajectory? It might do, depending on what what the numbers say. I mean, one of the extraordinary things that worried the markets and central banks and the IMF was that he brought this package forward without a formal assessment by the Office of Budget Responsibility. That was irresponsible, and that's why the markets punished him so much. There's not a plan to get the government finances back on track. If any of our listeners went to their bank and said, I want to spend a lot more money, give me the loan. And the bank manager would say, so what's your plan for paying it back? Oh, I'll tell you in eight weeks. You'd be out of the office in no time. And that's exactly what happened uh, with the budget. The markets kicked him out of the office, come back with a sensible plan. And hopefully that's what he's going to do. Okay. Does the plan, though, and the measures announced, I mean, the the other factor was the promise that it would boost growth. Do you actually think that it will boost growth? 
Well, it, it will boost growth in the short term, yes. You know, the National Institute have said that um, we may well return to um, significant positive growth from the end of this year compared with their previous forecasts of a continued contraction. But will it be a supply-side miracle? And the answer is no, because a lot of the measures uh, are merely reversing the announced increases in taxes and national insurance of the previous Chancellor, Rishi Shunak. And um, those measures were announced in 2019, which personally I don't remember as being a golden age of economic growth. So no, this is not a magic formula to return to growth. And what the markets are worried about is the government already is laying out 100 billion probably in terms of subsidies on energy and then these tax cuts come on the top of that so that the uk budget deficit is huge who's going to finance it and there's not the domestic finance so you're relying on the kindness of foreigners and a lot of those foreigners are central banks and they want to see responsible and credible policy in the uk if they're going to put their country's money in UK government bonds, and they don't see that credibility. So there's a huge credibility gap at the moment that the Chancellor and the Bank of England have to um, work very hard uh, to close. Well, what can the Chancellor say? We're going to be hearing from him at the, the Conservative Party conference. What can he say that might do that might help in that direction? Well, he's either got to do he's got to do one of two things. One is to say I got it wrong and. Um, I'm not going to implement these measures. Um, I think that's uh, a resigning speech. So what you you may well do is double down and say what we're going to do is we're going to cut expenditure. Now, given that we talked about earlier, we heard earlier that the Conservatives have got a massive deficit in the opinion polls, that's not going to help them at all. So it may well be that this go-for-broke strategy is what we get, um, which may help in terms of market sentiment in closing the black hole in government finances. But it's not going to help the Conservatives electorally, in my view. OK. Is the UK going to be permanently scarred by this? Um, <laughs> permanently um, is a strong word. Uh, certainly, mm. it's going to take some time to recover from this. Uh, the UK has lost a lot of credibility. Uh, its budgetary control uh, really got lost during the COVID era because what happened was that the UK could spend tens of billions on job support measures because the Bank of England was really financing that through its quantitative easing. It was buying gilt-edged stock. And it may be that Quasi Kwarteng thought, OK, the market swallowed Uh, this big increase in expenditure, they'll swallow a big cut in taxes. What he seems to have forgotten was that the Bank of England had stopped buying bonds. Well, it stopped buying bonds until this week. And you can see how important uh, Bank of England buying of government bonds has been because it stabilised the gilt market and it stabilised the currency. The question is, can it stop? When it's due to stop in five weeks... Will this jump just bring the turmoil back uh, or will it have to extend its bond buying? My fear is it will have to extend its bond buying. For how long do you think? I don't know. Um, and they're going to be reluctant to do that. But, you know, buying government bonds is easing monetary policy. It's putting cash into the market. On the other hand, they're raising rates. So with one hand, they're tightening. On the other hand, they're easing. That's nonsense. 
that's not sustainable. So ultimately, they will have to give up the bond buying or we'll get something that's called fiscal dominance, which every central bank, the IMF hates, which basically means that the central bank runs monetary policy in order to make the government finances sustainable. That's something you normally see in emerging markets. And we've got that. We've got a temporary fiscal dominance in the UK. The Bank of England is having to run monetary policy to bail the government out of a hole of its own making. And that's incredibly worrying. The risk is it continues for longer than is currently planned. And that ultimately would be a disaster for UK inflation. What do you think are the lessons then around the world? We are going, aren't we, from um, from an easy money regime of a decade. We are coming out of that. And the UK is the first place in the world where there's been really a serious bump in the road. What lessons do you think other countries are going to be taking from the UK, you know, that has been trying to reverse uh, QE now that we've had this serious shock? Well, you've got to stay credible. Uh, you've got to have a credible long-term plan. You can get away with taking expansionary measures in the short run, but it has to add up. It has to be sustainable. If you're expecting people to put money in your economy, in your bond market, for maybe 30 years buying bonds, they want to know that they're going to get their money back in 30 years. It's going to be worth something. So you have to have a credible long-term plan. That's above all. That's absolutely necessary. But remember, I don't think the UK is the only country that is going to have problems. So we've seen the ECB bring in its bond-buying plan, which is really to protect Italy. So they see there are these latent pressures. And what we see in the UK with the pressures on pension funds is that investment decisions, borrowing decisions have been conditioned by ultra low rates and easy money for a long time. Now we've got central banks ramping up rates very quickly. That's bound to mean that many institutions, many investors, many firms have made decisions that now look completely wrong. And that's going to be cause turmoil. So asset prices, for example, you know, if UK price, uh, UK interest rates from the Bank of England rise to 6%, mm. do you really think that UK house prices are going to stay stable as we heard in the news that they are? I don't think so. And the same is true in the US. This ramping up of central bank interest rates at a very rapid rate is a huge shock to the global economy. And the risk is it causes, causes big asset price corrections. It causes tensions for financial institutions and for firms because firms who've borrowed on the junk bond market who then come back to try and refinance, they're going to find that the finance isn't there. So I think we're heading into stormy waters and the UK is the canary in the coal mine. Bloomberg Daybreak Europe, weekday mornings at 6am on London DAB Digital Radio and on demand via the Bloomberg Business app and BloombergRadio.com. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, 
influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com.